you ever wished you could just grab coffee with a top leader in your direct sales company and pick her brain about all the things? Well, you're in luck. My name is Tiffany Spees. Welcome to Directly Different, the podcast where I have conversations with top direct sales leaders and ask them to share what they're doing differently to help them achieve success in their businesses. Direct sales doesn't have to feel spammy or gross. You can absolutely find success in your business by doing things a different way. I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Directly Different. Personal branding is more important than ever. I guarantee if you take a close look at successful social sellers, you'll find that most of them have a strong personal brand they've built over time. Maybe you still aren't sure what a personal brand looks like for you. First, know that you're not alone. It's not an overnight process by any means. I have a very special guest here today to break it all down for you and to help you take steps forward when it comes to this process. Brand strategist, content creator, and social seller, Erica Burkhart, is sharing four different roles for content creators. And if you create content for your business, you are a content creator. I guarantee after listening to this episode, you'll discover which roles you fit into best, and you'll be surprised at how much clarity and confidence you'll gain when you realize your role or roles. Get ready to step into developing a personal brand that's as unique as you are, because at the end of the day, you are your brand and the world needs more of it. Erica, thank you so much for being a guest on Directly Different. I'm so excited we're finally doing this. I know we have had this on the calendar for a while now. We've rescheduled, and I'm just so happy that it's working out now to chat about Instagram and about your story. So thanks for being on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being so patient. And I feel like we just chatted for like 30 minutes, like we've known each other forever before we hit record. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Yes. Midwestern girls unite, right? (laughs) Just get each other immediately. (laughs) That's right. Midwest is best. So true. Yes. All right. So to start off, Erica, tell us a little bit about you and your family. Yeah. I mean, my gosh, I was born and raised in a very small town, Circleville, Ohio. And we have a pretty close family, but I always wanted to like live by the beach. So after my husband and I got married, we sold like everything that we owned, packed up what was left in a U-Haul, went to Florida, lived in Florida for three and a half years, wanted to change the scenery. So then we went to Nashville for a year. And just this past spring, we made our way back home to Ohio to be with family because we missed everybody so much. So um, we're back home in Ohio and hanging out with our three dogs and our niece and living life. That's so awesome. I love that. And I love that sense of adventure. I think that's so cool. Yeah. All right. So you are a top leader with Monate, and I would love to hear about how you got into social selling and how you found them as a company and what made you decide to join? So I was in a previous company before Monate. So I'll start with like how I got into social selling network marketing. I never really knew what it was, but I remember getting my first job out of college and I show up one, I had to wear scrubs as a marketing consultant for like this chiropractic office. And I was like, scrubs, like no offense, but like, it just was not what I envisioned for my whole (laughs) life. And so I show up on the first day and I will never forget this day. It was, it's like a vivid memory. 
there's just like so much chaos in the waiting room, people checking in, phones ringing. And the person that was going to be my boss owned the chiropractic office. And she's like ordering me around, like, Erica, answer the phone. Erica, do this. I'm like, this is like my first day. I have no idea what I'm doing. So girl, I kid you not. I quit after six hours. I was like, look, I don't, I know that you want a marketing consultant. I don't think this is going to work out. Like I can't do this. At the time I was very brave to make that decision, but on my like drive home, I was like bawling my eyes out because it took me two and a half years to find that job after college. Like nobody was hiring. I didn't have experience because all I did was bartend while I was in college. So I was like, what's next for my life? Like no one's ever going to hire me. I kid you not that next week I went into this new nutrition shop in the, in the town. I walked in to get like a smoothie after my workout. I realized it was like a network marketing company. And someone explained to me what that meant, what that was. And I caught the vision and it was amazing. I learned a lot about myself. I was able to help people through health and fitness, um, three and a half, spent three and a half years in that company, top leader there, but then just really wanted to phase out of health and wellness for my own personal reasons. I loved helping people, but at the end of the day, I was like, I don't think I enjoy selling like weight loss at this time in my life. So I was searching for another company. And that's when I came across like my upline who was talking about her new business. I was like, what is this? She started talking about hair care. And I was like, I love hair care. I love hair. Like you can't tell right now, but I was like, I love this. And so my interest was very peaked. And the more I learned, the more I was like, yeah, I really want to do this. I was already following me up line because she was, um, she had like a podcast. She was sharing, sharing some social media tips and just caught the vibe. I was like, this, this is my next thing. This is going to be the next step for me. And that was, um, almost five years ago. We're like five days short of my five year anniversary. Now that I think about it, what's the date? Yeah. So like just a few days short of my five year anniversary and such a huge milestone. That's so exciting. Yeah. That is so crazy about your first day at your job out of college. And sometimes though, when you go to those things, you kind of have a feeling, you just know that it's not going to work out. I know I had, uh, if you don't mind me sharing, I went, I had found a job, same thing. I was looking for a job forever and just kind of the same, same boat. I didn't have any experience doing anything. I was a waitress all through college. And so I was like, I don't know you know, what I need to be, what field I need to look at. I have no idea out of desperation. I applied to work at a car dealership <laughs> and the, I think the guy was so shocked to see my resume come through. I was like this 21 year old girl that he called me and was like, um, <laughs> I'd like to at least chat with you to see if maybe we can find some, something for you. I don't think it's sales. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. So I showed up and it was, there was a lady going on maternity leave and she took pictures for the internet sales department. I'm not even sure what it was. I lasted two weeks. I was, I didn't, I hated it. I dreaded going. It was a weird environment. It just wasn't for me. It was like a 30 minute drive from my house. No thanks. So sometimes you just know. <laughs> so I always tell people, I'm like, I actually worked at a car dealership for two weeks. Like, what? <laughs> but you just, you get there. Like you said, you, you had to wear scrubs and it didn't make sense. Like that wasn't, you know, it just wasn't a good fit. So good for you for pulling out, you know, ripping the bandaid off right away. <laughs> Yeah. I was so young and it was so scary, but looking back, I'm like, it was such a pivotal moment in my life that I'm so proud that my younger self was brave enough to make that decision. Cause who knows where I would be if I would have never made that like one very scary, but also 
a very pivotal decision in my life. Yes, for sure. And it really gave you clarity on this is not what I want. (laughs) I don't know what it's, what's next, but this is not it. (laughs) I think that's super important information to learn about ourselves too. So here on Instagram, Erica, you are well known for teaching others how to basically own their personal brand and just figure out who they are. You know, you went back to, you think back to your younger self and quitting your job after six hours. And that's so, I love that. That's kind of how you establish your personal brand is these stories that have made up, you know, who you are today. So tell us a little bit about why you think personal branding is so important in today's day and age, especially when it comes to our social selling businesses. I think over time I've learned, and I think the big time I learned this was when I was switching companies and like, oh, okay. So it doesn't necessarily matter what I'm selling or what I'm presenting to people. A lot of people, meaning customers, I actually didn't take any distributors with me from one company to the next, but that's probably in a whole, that's on a different day that we'll talk about that, I guess. Um, But a lot of my customers followed me and supported me in health and wellness and in hair care. They're completely different things. But I was like, wow, like, I think there's something here. I think this is because I've done well to build a personal brand And these people feel like they know me, they like me, and they trust me with my recommendations, regardless of whether I would, uh, you know, recommend a water bottle or a hair product or a weight loss supplement or a clothing brand, like they trust me. And I think when you build a personal brand, it protects that versus having anything else be the forefront of your brand. Like we are representing a company, or we are a sales representative of a company, but we are ourselves first. And I think that just protects that entity of anything happening. Like God forbid somebody's company get shut down. I think if you've built a personal brand, you are still going to be okay because you've done your due diligence to make sure that the people who follow you trust your recommendations and they feel like they know you as well. All right, Erica, one of the things that I love about following you is that you have a podcast. Of course, I love podcasts. And you have, it's such a cute name too, Business with Berkey. Adorable. Love it so much. And an episode that you had not too long ago, a training that you had on there has really helped me personally. And I wanted to chat about that for just a moment. And it kind of connects personal branding and kind of helps us discover not just, you know, okay, we know we have to have a personal brand, but it kind of goes further, almost like a niche, but not at the same time. So you talked about four different types of ways that we show up on Instagram, whether it's stories or I mean, I guess in social media in general on stories or in posts or just on our, on our social media channels. So will you tell us about those four different types of, of people that we can be on our accounts and we can be more than one, one thing, but will you share with us about those different, those different categories? Of course. I mean, I think the reason I came up with this is because I was just hearing every Instagram guru and coach say, be an expert and teach somebody something. And you just need to be five steps ahead of who you help. And I was like, That's not, that's only true for like the coaching industry. It's not true for social sellers. And I think there's, there's such a sub niche in personal branding or social media for social sellers. And I wasn't seeing a whole lot of coaches and gurus who one were speaking to that subgroup of people like us who are in social selling. And two, I wasn't seeing any gurus and coaches. I shouldn't say any, 
I wasn't seeing that many gurus and coaches who had experience in the industry and were taking what they've experienced in that industry and telling people what would be good. You almost had like somebody who had no experience with social selling and network marketing, helping all these social sellers and network marketers. And I was like, well, there's no, there's a huge gap and discrepancy there. I'm going to come in and bridge the gap. So instead of people feeling so much pressure to be an expert or teach their audience something, I came up with four categories you can fall into or four roles you can play when it comes to creating content on social media or the way that you want to show up. Now, I will say the first category is the expert. (laughs) It is, I want you to think of a classroom with, with me as we're like as I'm going through these. So think of a classroom setting. If you fall into the expert role, you're like the teacher at the front teaching your students, your classroom, some information. It looks like a lot of your teaching or a lot of your content is sharing tips or tutorials or teaching your audience something. Okay. So that's role number one. Role number two is I want you to imagine the same classroom, but you're a student and you're sitting next to your best friend. And in the morning before class starts, you're like sharing about your weekend. You're talking about all these things that you like to do. It's considered like the bestie role. What the bestie role is, is you going through a journey with the same person. So if you and your best friend are in the same class, you guys are going to go through that class together. You're going to start that class together. And whether it's a semester long class or a year long class, you're going to end that class together. This is very popular for people who are in the health and wellness space. So say, for instance, you create an account and you're going to document your health journey or you're going to document your personal growth journey. Your audience is going to follow you because they're going through that same journey in their own life. Maybe you want to create an account that's like you're taking people on a process or a journey of eliminating like toxic products in your house. And every week you eliminate one product and replace it with something else. That's not you being an expert. You've just started that process. You're not an expert yet, but you can still take people on that journey with you. And there is so much power in playing this role because people are like, oh my gosh, this person gets me. We're going through the same things. And you might graduate out of this role and become an expert one day. But if you don't feel like you're there yet, like there's no pressure to be 10 million steps ahead. I feel like this role right here empowers so many people who are just starting out and are like, I'm not an expert yet. I don't know what to do. AKA network marketers who just clicked enroll on two days ago. (laughs) I promise you you'll be okay it's fine you can share that process with people and be excited like you guys I just started my social selling journey I'm on day two I don't know a lot of things but I am so excited to take you on this process you do not have to be an expert I promise you so that's role two and then role three is that person in the classroom again who wants to do show and tell all the time They're coming in and they are always probably dressed the best. They've got their hair done all the time. Maybe their nails are done up with like the latest trends. There may be a fashionista. This person loves to share things with people. So think very much influencer style. Again, this relieves a lot of pressure for my social selling family because so many times we feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not an expert. I don't know what to talk about. I'm not on a journey either. I'm not eliminating toxins and I'm not on a weight loss journey or a health journey or growth journey or whatever. What can I do? Start sharing the things that you love with your audience because there's so much power. People are always coming to me and they're like, nobody wants anything that I'm selling. 
I said, okay, when was the last time you shared something you love without trying to sell somebody? And oftentimes they're like, I don't know. I say, that's the problem. You haven't built up the trust yet. So if you sell a protein shake, share your favorite gym bag, share your, what you keep in your gym bag, share your favorite leggings that are squat proof, share any uh, beauty products that use that helps you I don't know, your skin not break out from sweat or helps you go longer between hair washes or your favorite non-toxic deodorant or your deodorant that makes you not smell at all or whatever. Like the more that you share those things, the more know, like, and trust you're going to build with your audience. And then when you go to share that protein shake, people will want to buy it and then you can get some sales. So we have role one is the teacher, role two is the bestie, role three is the sharer, and role three or four, excuse me, is what I call the artist. And I created this role because there are a lot of people in the social selling industry that very much like the role of content creator. They love getting lost and creating visually appealing graphics or very aesthetically pleasing Instagram reels. And I think there's such a beautiful way to do that. And I think sometimes people think they have to give that up if they're in sales, but I think there's such a beautiful way to marry that. One of my friends does this so well. And, you know, when I think of artists, you think of that classroom, it's that person over there that's not paying any attention to class. They're not taking notes. They're literally doodling on their paper. So whenever you think of these roles, just think of the classroom set setting. Think of that teacher. Think of that person that you're best friends with that you want to sit beside in class so that you can go through the class together. Think about that person that's coming in, wanting to do show and tell, and think about that person that's like doodling off in the corner, like in their zone. And this is how you can remember all these different roles. And you can combine the two. So maybe you want to have a little piece of teacher and bestie. That's totally fine. Maybe you want to have a little bit of all. Again, totally fine. <laughs> yes, I love the analogy. I think it's perfect and it's easy to remember. And we all can find ourselves in one of these categories, or like you said, in multiple categories. And it's okay to flip around and switch around and switch things up and see what works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Erica, your account, what would you describe your like what do what role do you put yourself in? I would say expert, but let us, or teacher, I should say, but what yeah. roles do you identify with most? Yeah. Teacher and bestie are the roles that I identify with the most. I love teaching people, social media branding. Of course, I love helping my social sellers and I love taking people on a journey. And my journey right now is very much actually ironically in the health and wellness space and looks like night and day different than what it used to when I was actually in the health and wellness industry. And I think there's so much like so many other things involved in that journey that are more than just like changing your appearance. It's like confidence. It's also like some mindset stuff in there. So just sharing that process with people as I think my audience loves, like you have to people, we love watching movies. We binge watch series. Why do we do that? Because we're watching a story unfold. And when you can do that with your audience with a journey and they're watching that journey unfold, they're like hooked in. They love to see it. You know, so that's, the, excuse me, the journey that I'm in right now. And I feel like I sprinkle, I have a little sprinkle of the share role where I love to share like my favorite leggings or things I find at the grocery store, which again, that's how we, that's how the roles can get mixed. Right. So like 
say, for example, I'm like, these are my favorite Aldi find, healthy Aldi finds. Well, that's like a sprinkle of my journey and my weight loss and also a sprinkle of this share. So, and if I did it in a really aesthetically pleasing way and created this beautiful reel about it, it would have all three of those roles there. So that's how it can look when it's combined. I will say, I probably like, I hardly ever step into the artist role. I'm like aesthetics. Uh, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> that's okay. There's a, there's a place for people like that. And it's, you know, we like, we love to watch those reels. Somebody has to create them and somebody has to watch them. I'll happily be the watcher. <laughs> and so because of this, because you've kind of, you've embraced, you know, these types of roles in your own journey in your own content creation, you have grown a, a very large following very organically. So will you tell us a little bit about how, how you think that happened over time? Yeah. So I grew, it was pretty insane. Actually. I had to like look up for a minute and be like, wait, how did this just happen? Because I grew from around 4,000. I was stuck at 4,000 followers for a long time. Um, the backstory is my account that I'm on right now. I did I restarted my Instagram in 2020. So I have an account out there that's very old from like Instagram inception that I had very naively paid a service to grow my account. It was the worst thing I ever did. And it was tarnished since I did that. So in 2020, right before lockdown, I was like, let's make a new Instagram account. And so I grew that from zero to 4,000 quickly, but then I was stuck at 4,000 for almost a year. And I was like, okay, we have Instagram, Instagram reels have been out now for a while. I'm like, but I'm actually so bored with them that whenever I look at the reels tab, I literally want to throw my phone off a cliff because it's the same song over and over and over again. So about a year ago, I was like, I'm going to do it different. Here we go. I'm going to do it different. And I started using my own voice and I would put a trending audio, like very quietly in the background or I wouldn't even add a trending audio at all. And people were gravitating towards it. People were like, oh my gosh, a human voice and not a audio that I've heard already for 2000 times in my reels feed. It broke up the monotony of what people were hearing. And because it had value attached to it and a human, ele attached, a human element attached to it, people were loving it. Now, I'm not gonna say I never did a trend. I still love doing trends every now and then. I just like putting my own spin on it, or I would throw that trending audio in the background and that I literally equate my growth. That's the number one thing that helped me. And again, that was a year ago. You are just now hearing gurus talk about how important it is to use original audio. Even like the head, the uh, head of Instagram was like, we're favoring original audio well, that's original audio has turned into people creating these very short sound bites for other people to use. And the same thing is repeating itself. And so we hear the same person's voice. That's an original audio in the real feed. And I'm like, hmm, how do I do this different? I haven't figured it out yet, but when I do, you guys will know. <laughs> so what are some of your favorite voiceover topics content? I know for me, of course I have a podcast, so I, I know I can talk, yeah. <laughs> you know, on a microphone, but when it comes sure. to, okay, I should do a reel with my voice, you know, or just me talking instead, how do you come up with some of the ideas for, for these reels? Sure. I'm asking for myself. <laughs> I'm not even asking for a friend. I'm asking for me. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I think of content, I think about, it's very simple. I think, okay, 
I need to make sure this content is about you and not about me. And so a very simple switch in language is, you know, thinking of thinking of your hooks, like instead of saying like, I've been struggling with X, Y, Z, you can say saying something like, have you ever struggled with X, Y, Z? That is a huge shift. So I put that thinking cap on and I'm like, okay, what does my audience need to hear right now? And what kind of hook can I put in the first three seconds of this reel to make sure they know I'm speaking right to them? So that's the first thing I think about. And then the next thing I think about is, okay, what problem do I need to make sure I'm solving or what value can I provide here or how can I make someone's day? And again, I want to empower all of you to know that it doesn't need, you don't need to teach somebody something. Think about those four different roles. You, if you are in that artist role, you providing that very aesthetically pleasing content is providing value to somebody who loves to watch that kind of content. You sharing your favorite recipe is providing value. You sharing a motivational quote or devotional that you came across that morning and someone sees it, it's going to help somebody else. So I think about those two things and then I create the content. And I know that's very simple. Um, and for example, if I'm using my voice, I would just like hold my phone up talk into that camera, talk into my phone. Like I would just be on stories. And I think that's a huge tip too. I treat my Instagram reels very much like I'm just talking to a friend on my stories or a FaceTime. And that's a huge, it's not super formal for me all the time. If you go to my page, it's not aesthetically pleasing. It's not like branded with like perfect colors. It is just me and the reel on the raw. And I think it was a breath of fresh air for a lot of people, especially with how picture perfect-esque Instagram has been for so many years. Uh, people, you know, what they want to put their best foot forward and they want to put their best content out there. But I think like, I, I also didn't care if like I was wearing a ball cap or I had my oil treatment in with a low bun like I do right now. I would just hop on when the thought came to me and it just, people loved it as long as I made sure I was thinking of the viewer instead of thinking about myself. Yeah, that's a really important shift. And I think that has made the difference for you for sure. And I think too, it really comes with practice. You have to just keep doing these things over and over again. And a lot of times we're just, a lot of times we're looking at these reels and we're consuming this content for these quick hacks and these quick tricks, these quick tips or whatever from these gurus, like we've been talking about. And it's the ultimate hack, the ultimate tip is that you just have to start doing it and you just have to keep doing it because yeah. it's going to get better over time. You can't suck forever. Right. Yes. I hope not. <laughs> so I think too, a lot of times these gurus, they are teaching, you know, these rules, uh, even the creators of Instagram, the founder of Instagram have come on and said, you know, it's, it, this is what Instagram is. And this is what you have to do in order to blah, blah, blah. And we have all these rules being thrown at us and all these things are changed, changing. And we can really get caught up in that and get frustrated. And, you know, especially those who are content creators, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure, pressure or a lot of, you know, stress about, oh, I have to check this box or I have to follow these rules. But a lot of times it's, probably more helpful, more beneficial to us and to our growth to just throw these, throw these rules out, do whatever the heck you want. (laughs) And because we can get frustrated when things don't work, like, oh, I'm, I'm checking off all these boxes. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing or what people are telling me I'm supposed to be doing and still not working. So will you tell us why it's okay to just kind of do your own thing and let 
your followers come to you, those who resonate with what you have to share. Oh yeah, absolutely. I can like talk about this all day. (laughs) Um, the reason I always say like the reason the rules don't matter there, I'm not going to say they don't matter, but they're not going to matter if your content is still not speaking to your audience. It doesn't matter what rule you follow or what trick or gimmick you implement to your content. If your content never actually speaks to your audience or maybe your ideal person, maybe you're still working on attracting that ideal audience. So I think that's rule number one. Reason number two would be people don't realize that you give so many people permission when you do something different. Why are we creating this social media platform of just a bunch of copycats and lookalikes? Like whenever the head of Instagram does an Instagram reel, I know I'm going to see 20 to 30 more reels from other Instagram coaches or gurus just regurgitating what he just said. And you're in a network marketing company, the same thing happens in the network marketing company. The top earners maybe make a reel and you try to emulate that and copy that because you think that's what you have to do. Absolutely not. Like you need to find your lane and figure out what works best for you. And by doing so, you give so many other people permission to do the same thing. And I think that's what I did when I really was like, I don't care about any rules. I don't care what you're saying. I don't care how many times you tell me to put, like, just use trending audio or add 15 transitions to keep people's attention. Like, it's all just a, it's all just a marketing gimmick. And I love marketing. I love marketing. I'm in marketing. It's my passion. But a lot of the things in marketing are gimmicks to keep your attention. No, you're not going to keep people's attention if your content is not good. And that's like, that's the hard truth. That's the ugly truth. That's the reality. So throw out the throw out the rules, throw them out the window and get clear on what problems you want to solve and who you want to speak to and what kind of audience you want to call in. Keep that in the forefront and keep all these gimmicks and how to edit or what to do or the trending audio, trending alert, audio alerts, throw them out the window and keep your customer, your ideal client in the forefront and you will see a huge shift. Yes, for sure. Now, would you say when your shift happened, when you went from 4,000 to 25,000, would you say that you were, you know, in that, at that 4,000 mark, when you were kind of hovering there for a while, would you say that's where you were getting clearer on your, who your audience was? And then you started speaking directly to them. And that's when you saw, okay, that's awesome. Yes. For like a year, I was like, when I looked back, cause I got, it was like the end of last year, like this time last year, I was like, man, I am in a customer drought. I am in a recruiting drought. I am in a content drought. No one's wanting to follow me. I'm actually losing followers. So I started looking back at my archives and I'm like, wow, this is the Erica show. Of course, nobody wants to follow me. Of course, nobody's consuming my content. Of course, no one's buying from me. Here's the thing. People don't know why they need your product or that they need your product until they know why or how it can solve a problem in their life. So if you're somebody who's just, throwing up flash sale graphics or talking about flash sale this, people don't care how cheap something is until they know they need it or they know it's going to solve a problem in their life. So I was like, wow, I need to throw all my marketing out the window. And I was really, I was just copying what other people were doing. I wasn't speaking to my audience. I was consuming so many other people in my company and their content. And I'm like, she's crushing it. If I do it like her, it'll be good. But I'm like, no, I need to do it in my own way in the way that I know how, because I understand marketing. I understand psychology. I understand how to position my content. 
And uh, October 2021, I started making this shift and I went from 4,000 to over 25,000 in a, a very short time. I think it was like four months. And I've been, I've been, uh, you know, I took a little time off, which we were talking about before this podcast. So I haven't grown a whole lot in the past probably four months, but that growth happened very quickly. And I had several viral reels, which is probably another topic. And that's why it's important to make sure you're speaking to your ideal person, because if you just make a trending audio reel with adding by adding trends and marketing gimmicks and you throw it up because you saw a guru say, use this trend and you don't apply how it speaks to your audience. And all of a sudden that real goes viral and people are on your page and they have no idea what you're about, or you did something so random that has nothing to do with what you're trying to do on your account. That's the biggest mistake I see people make because they get caught up in the gimmicks. So because I went viral for the right reasons, I called in a community that I absolutely wanted. So it led me to, I actually had, um, in January and February, I had enrolled more customers than I did all of 2021. Wow. So in two months I did what I did in 12. Yes. And it just took that shift. And I think too, it is hard because, you know, you can feel stuck and it can be, you can also at the same time be like, okay, I know I'm stuck because I don't know exactly who my target audience is, or I haven't kind of honed in on that. And I feel like it's okay to take time to explore, you you know, exactly who those people might be. And I feel like sometimes it does take time because, you know, you see that, you know, we see Erica and she goes viral with a couple of reels and it's like, man, she just has, you know, she's on the ball and you are, but she's on the ball. She knows exactly who she's talking to, but it took time for you to figure that out. And I think that we overlook that step (laughs) a lot of times and we just get frustrated and it's not happening. This must not be what I'm supposed to be doing, but it just sometimes takes a little bit of time before the spike, right? Of course. And you're going to find, you're going to find your flair and find your thing through the process and through doing it. And you're going to be able to look at every reel or every story or every piece of content and look at it from like the marketing business owner lens and just look at it like indifferent, like look at the stats with no emotion, which is hard to do and just ask yourself, okay, what could I have done differently? Or what could I improve? What could I improve on next time? And that's just what I started doing because when I first started implementing this, like in October, 2021, my reels weren't doing anything. They did, they didn't really start taking off until like end of the year, beginning of the year. So that's two and a half months of work kind of testing, trial and error, figuring out what works, lots of flops. I still have flops. Everyone has flops, but um, it's all feedback. Flops are feedback, in my opinion. And you just, you roll with the punches and you continuous, continuous improvement is my motto. (laughs) All right, Erica. So everybody listening, of course, is going to run to follow you to learn all about kind of your take on reels and content and how putting your, your own spin and then they can see how you do it and then put their own spin on it. Right. So how can people follow you? How can they work with you? Actually, we should talk about that first. I know that you are offering something in the future because there's a bit of a wait list right now, which is so incredible, but tell us a little bit about your services that you offer. Yeah. So I came up with this idea because I am obsessed with market research and like trend analysis, I could get lost in it all day. And in my mind, I was like, man, I wonder if other people really need this. Meaning like, you know, sometimes it's so hard to 
come up with the content or think about the content. We'll spend time scrolling reels and saving a bunch of audios, but then we're like, oh, how do I implement this? And that's, I bridge the gap on that. Like that's my jam. That's what I love to do. So one day I was just like, I should see if people are interested in this. And before I even did that, I had somebody who was like an acquaintance reach out and ask me if I offered that. And I was like, oh, I'll take that as a sign. So yeah, that's what I offer. It's a brand strategist, content creator, and I spend time getting to know their brand, the problems that they solve, the message they want to share, how they want to show up online. Um, You know, if they want to add humor, what what stage of life are they in? What role they want to play? Do they want to be an expert? Do they want to be a bestie, teacher, artist? And then I spend time researching for them. I collect reels and then I have a whole spreadsheet on use this reel audio, use this, look at this reel for inspiration. Here's how you're going to implement. Here's the text you're going to add to this. I do hashtag research for them and I tell them these are the hashtags you're going to use. And if they, they can either make that on their own and post it and create it, or they can send me like the raw video and then I'll add the text and post it for them. Um, I do create a couple pieces of content for them. They just send me like B-roll footage of like behind the scenes stuff so that when I come across an audio, I just make it for them really quickly and post it for them. And then they get a couple calls with me a month so that we can track some insights and see how things are going, see what's working, see what's not working, see what they enjoy creating, what they don't enjoy creating. Because there's always that like testing period. And I just, I'm falling, it's been only like two and a half weeks, but I love it so much and seeing the results with the insights and see, like I've one reel that I helped a client make is her most viewed reel. It's gone viral already. And I'm just like, this is amazing. This is what I love to do. I love that so much. So I'll for sure put the link in with that information in the show notes, but there is a wait list because you're doing amazing work. So, <laughs> but that sounds so valuable. So that's no surprise to me. Yeah. So to get, make sure you get on the wait list, I have a link in my bio on my Instagram. It's the top link. So if you click the link in my bio, it'll be the top link. Join the wait list. That way, when I open it up, you will know first because when this one sold out in three days. So the next one, will probably sell out within a day if I had to guess. And because I only take a a few clients at a time to really be intentional and make sure people get my time. So yes, if that's something that you're like, I need that in my life, join the wait list. Yes. And I love the personalization of it. Like you said, it's a custom thing. It's not just, here's a template, plug your stuff in. You're saying, okay, for you specifically, here's how you can make a bigger impact on Instagram. Yeah. And I think like really quick, the reason I came up with this is because I could create a mini course, but I was like, how do I make sure people execute? How do I make sure people implement? And this is, this is how. (laughs) So perfect. I love it. And of course we mentioned you also have a podcast business with Berkey and I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. So people can follow you and you do a lot of trainings, a lot of training podcast episodes on there. And so it's really good. I think I love listening to those types of episodes, you know, when I'm driving or when I'm getting ready or when I don't have to be, when I, when I can't be doing something else, I'm like, okay, how can I use this time to improve myself? You know? So, uh, if I'm not listening to true crime, I'm listening to something personal development. So I love that you offer that resource as well. And like I said, I learned, I've learned so much from you already in just a short time that I followed you. So thank you so much, Erica, for being on the show and for sharing your wisdom and knowledge on this topic of Instagram growth. It's so important. I know that 
you know, not everybody is going to be, you know, this creator, content creator, influencer with a million followers. But if we can make an impact on just our small communities, quote unquote, small, it doesn't have to be small, but our small communities are little corners of the internet, then this world is going to be a better place. Of course. Yeah. Agree. So thank you again for being on the show. Thank you. This has been so fun and, uh, we'll have to do this soon. I feel like a episode two would be really fun. That would be a blast. Thank you so much for listening in to this week's episode. In my opinion, it's way more fun to share life with a friend. So if you loved what you heard today, feel free to take a screenshot and post it to your socials so your friends can listen into the show too. Don't forget to tag me at Directly Different Podcast and I'll be sure to give you a shout out. Speaking of social media, follow me on Instagram at Directly Different Podcast and send me a DM. I'd love to continue the conversation. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.